Welcome to the We Build Leaders podcast, where we are committed to equip, develop, and resource pastors and local church leaders. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes the first Friday of every month. Thanks for joining us for today's episode with Reverend Char Blair and Pastor John Smith and Pastor Elizabeth Garcia-Smith. Pastor John and Dr. Elizabeth. Wow. This is great. This welcome. Is. Welcome, welcome. So I wanted our district to be introduced to you. Yes. You guys are the new senior pastors at Harvest Church in Elk Grove. Yes. We have a lot of Harvest Churches. Yes. You know, so I always have to, you always have to make sure people, somebody texted me the other day and said, I'm from Harvest Church. Would you do this? And I'm like, okay, wh- wh- what city? It all depends. <laughs> on which harvest, oh right? So yeah, right. it's all good, yes. right? Because we have we have a plethora of them. So Harvest Church, Elk Grove. How long have you been the senior pastors there? In a week or so, will be officially a year. Wow! Because that you got voted in, that I was okay. voted in. Okay. And then we moved here okay. at the end of December. Okay. And we're reaching that year. Wow, milestone. that's wonderful. And you yes. just sold your house. You came from Louisiana. Yes, right? came from New Orleans, okay. came from one of the best food cities in the world. <laughs> I've heard that. I've never been. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. Someday. It's dangerous. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it is. It is. And I'm not talking about crime. I'm talking about food wise. Yeah. It's yeah, dangerous. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll hurt yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We're but about I'm a, to sign the dotted line, though. We're yes. about to sign the dotted line. Yes. On the house. I'm sorry. On the house. Yeah. Well, no, food no. is such a part of the culture of New Orleans. <laughs> it's like it's the default. I apologize. <laughs> no, for, it's all good. I was about to feed you Aww. etouffee and jambalaya you and gumbo. Are, I was going to bring you there. You guys that. are hilarious. <laughs> Praise God. Well, I love it. Yes. I met you guys, and it's so funny because um, there's not very many people in life that I meet, and I immediately like love them and mm-hmm. feel like uh, their spirits are on. We're on the same trajectory, and I just I met you guys, mm-hmm. and it's like I felt like my heart grew. You know, I was like. Oh, my heart grew to accept you. <laughs> I was able to stuff you in. Amen. So, uh, you know, there's some people that you meet. You're like, oh, wonderful. This is great. But then there's some people <laughs> where you're like, I feel like I've known you yes. all my life. Yes. yes. You know, and yes. I was like, there was just something about you guys that was magnetic. And yeah. then I also saw you um, moved it move in giftings. Yes. That I was like, oh. Yeah. That is incredible, and I want more of that in my life. Yes, and um, so I was like, I I gotta I gotta be around these people more. Um, so thank you for coming. Welcome to the NCN district. Thank you. I must say we are the best district in the nation. We have the best <laughs> pastors, the best us. people. Absolutely welcome. I'm so glad. Thank now you. you had been at Harvest before, as they would bring you in as like an evangelist. Yes. So they had a relationship with you. Correct. Okay. We've we've been connected with Harvest um, since oh five, late oh five, early oh six, and we would come throughout the times preaching, doing ministry, uh, men's advances, women advance, tea, yeah. women's tea, Sunday mornings, the whole nine. So there had been connection with a lot of the people of Harvest previous to being elected here in Northern California. Okay. Yeah. That's wonderful. Amazing story. Yeah. Just yeah. the connection was through Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. And oh, so that's Harvest right. does this amazing thing called the Festival of Giving. Yeah. And we were the recipients mm-hmm. of that giving. Uh, to restore the church in New Orleans. And so through that series of events, God connected us, but then continued to have us come up. And so here we are. Who would have known? But the Lord knew through that devastation was the next greatest, really in our lives, purposeful destiny move uh, that God would bring us here to Northern California. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were in, uh, in Louisiana and New Orleans specifically, 
in that house of prayer for 23 years. So for 23 years to be grounded in one place Mm -hmm. and then God through the connection of Katrina to say, now here's your next life assignment. Yeah. It it was, it's phenomenal to see the hand of God. That your destiny was literally wrapped up in a tragedy. Correct. The worst thing that could have possibly happened. (laughs) Right. And God says from this point, Mm. I'm going to jump you into the next thing that you're going to do after Mm. two decades Mm. It it was it was just phenomenal to see the hand of God on it, and that's why He's so good. Yes, he, he, I, I'm reading a book right now, and and the lady is getting ready to take her toddler in for surgery, and she mm. looks at her husband and she says, "We have to decide right now that He is good before mm. our son goes in for surgery, so that however this turns out, we don't put God on trial." And so I love that you guys, knowing you guys, you had already before Katrina hit had decided that God was good. Yes. Then Katrina hits. And now you still see the goodness of God from that tragedy. Like he is so good that I heard a minister (laughs) say one time, like he is so good and he takes tragedy and turns it for so, so much good that you almost think he's the inventor of it. So Mm. the good will come even though he's not right. right? Yeah. Right. Because he, he makes it so good. So I'm, I'm glad you guys are here. Um, We have asked you, Pastor, Pastor John, um, to speak at our presence conference yes. because I wanted <laughs> our young people to get to know you. You both love this next generation. Yes. And then we have asked you, Dr. Elizabeth, to lead the pre-service prayer. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, I hope after pre-service prayer that we actually have time for a message. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> I can see, I can see that. You better oh, watch Lord. this one. Right, right. Oh, the preacher know, right? in her, she Woo. will. There's something that we call sneaker preach. Yeah. Because when, it, at service, what what would happen is I'm supposed to preach, uh-huh. and then I would give her the mic to oh, pray or exhort. Yeah. yeah. And then you know, hey, like when when you're beast mode, the beast oh, yeah. just comes out. That's so fire she's in your bones. The, that's yeah. right. So yeah, that's what it is. so the yeah. fire would burn, and then a preach would come. And it would happen so often that oh, no. we came up with this term, sneak a preach. No, no, we're not sneaking anymore. We're taking a yes. preach. Yeah, yeah. She you takes just, a preach. Yeah. 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 So I saw you at uh, a woman's conference. <laughs> uh, you did yes, Cindy ma'am. Johnson's uh, women's conference. And I watched something. I have never seen someone uh, walk. I don't even know how to describe this. But you invited up a whole bunch of ladies who said they wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, growing up my entire life, I have just seen, like, we're going to lay hands on people and then hope that my hands transfer. Like, we're just going to, it's going to be a maybe. It's going to be like, a, oh, Lord, do it. And if they don't, it's kind of like, I don't know, healing. Like, mm, I, I don't know. I watched you walk this group of ladies, and I think every single lady was filled with the Holy Ghost except for one lady and it was because I think she had she had some extra work that just mm-hmm. needed to be done she was not she had answered that altar call but I think maybe she needed to answer a different one and yes. then they had to work through some processes with her before that Correct. could that could happen but um but you the way you explained I have never seen that before in my life and so what I started doing is and it wasn't like weird. It wasn't like you weren't no. like yelling at people in in tongues in their face. You know, you you know, telling them to say this, say this, and then say it faster, and then turn <laughs> no. around and say it. You know, um, there wasn't like bottles of oil being spilled on them. I mean, it was like, okay, this is what it's going to be like, and this is what I'm going to ask you to do. And then you would go over, and you would go, you would turn your ear toward them, and you go, "Yep, that's it." And I'm like, "Whoa!" 
And then you go to the next lady, you go, oh, yep, there it is. Yep, that's it. Can you talk to me just for, how did you learn that technique? Where did you see this? Or was it just something that God gave you? It really is something that God gave me. Okay. Because my experience growing up in the church, and mm -hmm. um, I've experienced, you know, when they prayed for me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, yeah. the evidence of speaking in tongues, you know, I got my head pushed and, <laughs> you know, it was like the blood, the blood, the blood. <laughs> and you know what? I got filled. Mm. It was what it was. Yeah. After three months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, four <laughs> months. Four months. And uh, I got a little spit on me. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? When we learn and when the Holy Spirit teaches you, you do yeah. better. Yeah, that's true. And so yeah. I was just watching this throughout mm. my Christianity and just seeing different weird things like you just mentioned. Yeah. Say this fast, fast, fast. And I would call it out. I'm like, no, no, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. We don't do that here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. God just really said, look at the scriptures. And I just, you know, Jesus is the baptizer. Yeah. I have nothing powerful right? in my hand. The Bible says that he's the baptizer and he's yeah. going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire. And yeah. so I said, this is very simple. We're children of God. We don't beg. Mm, we yeah. receive. Yeah. And we receive by faith. I love it. So we're just going to simply ask him, I'm not going to spit on you. I'm not going to, yeah. you know, shake your head. There's no, ne it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. Let's just simply believe what the word says mm -hmm. and let's do it and let him see, let Jesus come and baptize you. Yeah. And so, but the couple of directions is, you know, just really, um, mm. just really listen because he's going to give you something, but it's your responsibility to speak. So I learned really the Holy Spirit just gave me this simple little format and just to just, calm them like not to be anxious yeah but you just it was so peaceful. like not an emotional no, thing no. yeah yeah just to receive by faith but the instruction is here if you hear a syllable it may sound weird yeah. it may sound crazy but just speak it out by faith yeah. and I think one more thing that is important in this topic is don't I never mm -hmm. say it's going to be like this to someone yeah because that was one person's experience or maybe two You're right. so if it doesn't happen and you don't sense this bubbling up, up like it's got to come out. Oh, you feel here. You feel it. That doesn't happen with anyone. With so then what yeah. happens is if they don't feel that experience, which was someone else's, then they don't speak and yeah. they don't believe that they're going to receive. Yeah. And so just everyone's experience is different. Mm -hmm. But for them to ask the Lord and believe that he's going to do what he said he's going to do, that he's going to baptize them with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yeah. I learned, thank you so much, because I, I, was, I was with this young lady. She came up. She said, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I began walking her through this process. And then I go, sis, but you have to use your own vocal cords. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes. You know, and it's not going to sound. I'm, I'm learning, mm -hmm. you know, like, like when, you, when you walk someone through this process of, like, receiving, mm -hmm. um, of reminding them that when you first learn a language, it's not going to sound like, like if you go to school and you learn French or Spanish, mm -hmm. it sounds like a little kid speaking French or Spanish. Mm -hmm. It's not going to sound like full-grown adult Spanish yes. Yes. right away. Correct. And so I think sometimes we get around people and then we start speaking in tongues and they think, well, if it doesn't sound like that, mm -hmm. then I haven't received it. No. So, But anyways, can you tell me, you have a little bit of an accent I'm picking up there. Can you just sh share <laughs> share with me, uh, throwing you under the bus here, can you just share with me your background, where you're from? Yes. Yeah. I, first of all, I am Puerto Rican. Yeah, you are. I'm from Puerto Rico. And I was born there, but raised in New York City, mm -hmm. in Brooklyn and in Queens. Mm -hmm. And so most of mm -hmm. my adult life, 
uh, up to the age of 26, was in New York City. So that's where yeah. the accent is coming from. I love it. It's beautiful. Then how did you get to Louisiana? The call of God. Yeah. I saw a woman and I said, Lord, I need what she has. Mm. I don't want to be her, but what she has, mm -hmm. I need. Mm -hmm. And literally, she was a Bible college professor. And uh, I followed her to New Orleans and sat underneath her ministry and, of course, went to Bible college and got trained. And so that's how I got to New Orleans, and I met this amazing man of God. Hallelujah. This football player. Football player. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you guys were both at School of Urban Missions yeah. in New Orleans. Were you guys the original class? We were not the original okay. class, but they call us, we're some of the OGs the because OGs, we yeah. were in the original Jeez. building mm -hmm. with the, the original staff that founded the school. Wow. We were a part of that group, mm. and, and a lot of the things that uh, the foundation that SUM was built upon, yeah. we were mm -hmm. in the group yeah. of people that helped lay the foundation we for the school. We were there with no cohorts, oh. uh, associates degree only, wow. no money. Yeah. <laughs> we cleaned the building. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Literally. We built great yeah. character. Yeah. Uh, and it's a Cut the it was grass, great. paint the yeah. building. We wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't have it anyway. It produced something in us. It did. You know, did. to see our professors on the street with us, not just telling us to go evangelize. But I would look over, and I'm on Bourbon Street, and I'll see the chancellor of the school. I'll see the professor that, that I saw, Professor Joan Miller, mm -hmm. look to the side and say, yeah, this is I'm in the right place here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're doing it together. Exactly. Absolutely. Think of that. And now I'm in uh, some here in, uh, you know, I used to, we, they used to be school. They're still School of Urban Missions, but now they're in, uh, what is it, El Dorado Hills. <laughs> yeah. So I call them School of Uppity Missions. Yeah. I okay. love it. Come on, That's somebody. That's great. But still that same passion. <laughs> yes. And the thing I do love, just a little plug, is, uh, you know, now it's online. Yeah. And I have people in my class from all over the world yes and i am so blessed because it'll be 9 a.m for me and it's 12 mm. a.m for somebody in ghana or in the philippines and they are you talk about incredible they are sitting up and staying up some some of them getting up at two in the morning so yes. they can take their class so yes. they can wow. get their education and yeah. you sit there going like mm. okay you know what? This is this is amazing. So is. I'm loving. It. It's so convenient for our ministers, and they're just doing a great job in, in our district there. So um, tell me just a little bit, just a little bit of your stories of how you found Christ, and then we're, and then and then like what it was like, what happened, and then what it's like now. Um, but just in a bite-sized chunk, if that's okay. Yeah, Pastor John, you so, go ahead, go first if you so want. So football player from the age of six to you know, 20 years old. Um, I was an all-state football player. I was one of the top people. And um, the best way I can describe it is if if you go to the end of the rainbow, they said there's a pot of gold there. Mm -hmm. And my whole life I had been taught if you achieve this, do this, accomplish this, reach this, you're going to be happy, fulfilled, satisfied. And at the age of 19, I reached the end of the rainbow. I looked into the pot, and I saw that it was completely empty. And it, it really messed with me psychologically and emotionally because of all the things I had accomplished. Because at this point, I had several full scholarship offers. I'm now a college football player on scholarship. I'm, I have a beautiful girlfriend. I had a lowrider back when the lowriders was the thing. Mm -hmm. I, 
there. Yes. <laughs> and I remember feeling almost suicidal because I felt like, what else do you have to live for? You did all of this stuff, and, and it meant absolutely nothing. You're not satisfied. You're not happy. So that summer, um, uh, I came back from my freshman year of college and went back home and just really started self-destructing and making terrible decisions because now I, I had no sense of purpose and drive to continue just doing what I had been doing, at least when I didn't know better. Uh, there was a drive to reach somewhere. But then when I accomplished what I did, I'm like, well, where do I go from here? I end up moving to Charlotte, North Carolina with my oldest cousin. And he told me two things. He said, "You two things I'm going to ask of you, get a job and go to church. Mm. That's my requirements for you to stay here. Mm. Went to church. I was there for seven days, gave my heart to Christ. And my life so radically and dramatically shifted. And I went back to school that second year, my sophomore year, and I couldn't believe that God loved me enough to save me, to change my life, yeah. to to have mercy on me when I don't feel like I deserved it. And I just surrendered my life to him, not just from a salvation standpoint, but I said, God, I will give all of this up to serve you and to follow you if you ever ask me to. Mm -hmm. So my salvation experience was not because I was a drug addict or alcoholic. Mm -hmm. It was because I thought there was something out there only to find out the only thing that would ever satisfy me would be a relationship with Christ, not things, not accomplishment, not no. the junk that the world. Pride of life. Yeah, the pride mm -hmm. of life. And even good people say, well, if you do this. So yeah. that's kind of uh, what drove me into a relationship with Jesus. That is beautiful. Amen. And then you're called to ministry. Oh, yeah. Getting I'm all the way school. called, like 1,000% yeah. called. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. The thing I love being around you is watching your prophetic gifting. Yes. Like, we will, if we like, we'll go out to dinner or whatever. I yes. mean, wherever you are, like, I'll, I could even look over and, like, I, I'm like, oh, like, we're being an event you know, district council, whatever. And if you you have a word for somebody, you'll be like, hey, do you, you have a second? Absolutely. And you'll just begin sharing with people. Yes. Um, and I asked you about that one time, and mm -hmm. you told me, I love the illustration you gave. I said, how does that happen? Mm -hmm. Because it's happened in my life, but on and off. Yeah. And you said it is like one of those water faucets in the restroom when you put your hands up to it. Yes. And it and I just love that. And every once in a while, especially when I'm in the in those <laughs> bathrooms, I, oh Lord, yeah. your 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 giftings, mm. yes. they're there when we need them. Yes, so good. Yeah. So. And can I maybe add to that? Absolutely. Because please. I never, the, I believe the reason why it operates in my life, my life the way yeah. it does, is because I never put a restriction mm. on the Lord to allow it to operate. Yeah. I'm not That's like, so well, good. if I'm at church and the worship songs a certain way yeah. and the room and the lighting, and then I can operate in the prophetic. Mm. That's not it. Yeah. It's like, Lord, wherever I'm at, however you want to use however me, I make myself me. available. Yeah. And if you say in the restaurant with the waitress coming to the table to drop mm -hmm. off the check, mm. here's a word of knowledge. Mm -hmm. I'm going to speak it because I understand that I get the privilege to be used by God in the areas of the, the Holy Spirit's giftings and the yeah. prophetic and those things. It's not a right, it's a privilege. But I also have to steward that privilege and opportunity. Yeah. And I think that I've always said, God, if you ever give me a word, I will always speak. 
So he's never having to wrestle with me to speak. Yeah. It's just making sure I have what you've given me. Okay, now let's step out by faith and declare what you've given. And I believe he's seen the the the, the level of the surrender. Yeah. And the 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 sense of duty and responsibility to honor the gift. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I believe that he's able to use me in the capacity that he does. So. Yeah. You're yeah. just, you're usable. You're there. Yeah. You're like, you, when this first started happening, were you like, why am I getting these words in my head? Oh, it messed me up. Really? Because remember, I'm a football player. Yeah. I'm not, I didn't grow up around Pentecost. The first prophetic word I ever had, I was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. I never heard or seen or had even been exposed to the prophetic. Wow. So I, I, I'm in college. I receive a prophetic word at a church that I went to messed me up in a good way, shifted the direction of my life. That summer, first time I ever go to Assembly of God Church, Mm. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. And after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, before I go into my junior year of college, um, there was a young lady that I knew. She was in Dallas. We went to the school together in Dallas, Texas. And I was writing her a letter but the letter was a was was a prophetic word mm. because I kept seeing what was happening in her life as I'm writing this letter. This is the first time this is ever happening to okay. me. So I wrote this letter. It's a prophetic word filled with words of prophecy and words of knowledge and even some words of wisdom mm-hmm. about her future. Mm-hmm. I mail it to her. And then before the summer ends, I end up having a trip with my best friend from college to Dallas, I visited her and she said to me, the letter that you sent me Mm. is everything that's happening in my life. And I remember leaving that experience. Um, My buddy and I, we went by his family's uh, home. They had a pool. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting at the pool. I'm reading the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. Oh, yeah. Right. And I'm saying, Holy Spirit, what happened? Why did I know Mm. what was happening in this young lady's life? as I wrote this letter, because that's never happened to me before. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of the whole prophetic expression in my life. Mm -hmm. But then I think once again, going back to what I said earlier, that was the, the sense of responsibility to steward. Well, I don't know why, but I just have always felt, I do know why, Mm -hmm. because that prophetic word that I received at 20, was so instrumental yeah. And shifting the course and the direction of my life. I think I always felt like, what if I'm able to deliver a message like that that's going to touch people shift and shift someone's destiny? Yeah. Like the whole direction their life is moving in. Yeah. So I've always taken it with that level of seriousness and responsibility, but also understanding there's no pressure Yeah, because I get to do it. Yeah, I don't have to. I get to. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you also think when we're receptive, so you received what was spoken over you, do you yes. also believe that there's a level of impartation that comes as well mm-hmm. of perhaps the gifting that that individual had? So like, for instance, mm-hmm. um, you know, having been in 12 step, they would, they would say all the time, find a sponsor who has what you want yes. and ask how it was achieved. Yes. And so you go to people in life and you say, I, like you, like what you did. So there's uh, when you open yourself up to receptivity, yes, there's an impartation Absolutely. of even their personality. Yeah. I find that 
um, people I admire. Mm -hmm. So like even our superintendent will be talking and he does this a lot with his hands, I've noticed. And so the other day I'm, I'm saying something to somebody and I look down in my hand and I go, oh, that's just because yes. Dr. Sam will always go like this. With, he'll, he'll be describing something and he'll mm -hmm. say, no, I'm in my heart. You know, he'll go like this. And every once in a while I'll find, and I'm like, oh, because mm -hmm. just being around people. Yes. And I'm, I am a, yes. I am a sponge, but that's just my personality. Yes. But you pick up a little bit of mannerisms or yes. what they say or how they say it. Mm -hmm. But also true, I believe, in the spiritual realm. Absolutely. Because you've opened yourself up to someone, and then you go, oh, wow, hey, I'm receiving yes. this gift as well. So that's what that I just look at people and I go, man, I want what they I want. I want to be. And then, you know, you can always sense if their character, you know, that's a huge one yes. as well. Yes. If so, there's character there and gifting at the yes. same time. I'm like, oh, I'm in. Yes. I'm in. OK, so yeah. you then um, were you raised in a Christian home? I no. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> and no. We were raised somewhat Catholic. Okay. And so I remember going to catechism. I remember doing my communion in third grade, fourth grade, something like that, and about to do confirmation, but never went to church. Actually, I always longed to be in the house of the Lord. Mm. Wow. As a little girl, I would tell my family, let's go to church. No one wanted to go. I remember going to church and walking to the Catholic church to just sit in mass by myself as an elementary student. Hungry. 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 Didn't understand it till obviously the years later. So going through this process, my mom has an encounter with God. She felt mm -hmm. lonely and she said a couple of friends were supposed to come over. They didn't show up. She says, God, what happened? God has an encounter. She has an encounter with the Lord really got an encounter with her as well. Mm. And um, and from that point on, she said, I'm going to church. And the person that she called was my sister's best friend at the time who went to an Assemblies of God church. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, right. From that point on, for the next three and a half years, I want to say, we went to church. So at the age of 11, I gave my heart to the Lord. And it was a phenomenal experience to be in children's mm. church, to be there for prayer, to be there for Wednesday night. I absolutely sponged. I ate it all up, drank it all up, loved the house of the Lord. But then unfortunately, offense came in mm -hmm. and my family left the church. Mm -hmm. But I, as a 13-year-old, would get on two New York City buses to go to the house of the Lord because I was a missionary for Jesus. Hand of God on you. Look at that. That is incredible. And after months, maybe a year of wow. that, it just got old. Mm. And I remember walking in New York City, having to like look behind my back, take, you know, getting out of church at nine o'clock. Mm. It's dark. It just got old and I stopped. And I remember throughout my entire life, so I backslid. Um, and my whole um, college, going through an associate's, going through a bachelor's degree, someone would invite me to church, you know, whether they were Catholic or, uh, or uh, Presbyterian or something. They're like, do you want to go to church? I'm like, let's go. Mm. But I'm Assemblies of God. <laughs> I just want to let you know. I love it. I mean, it was ridiculous, really. Yeah. It was funny. But I was like, listen, I'm going to Catholic church, but I just need to let you know I'm Assemblies of God. I mean, yeah. I'm completely backslidden, but yeah. I am Assemblies You're of right. God. Look, I got the uniform. Yes. Yeah. And long story short, so that was all high school, college. When I was doing my master's at uh, in, in the city, Columbia University, I walked in and I saw a bookshelf. 
And I was like, oh, whose bookshelf? They're like, actually, it's the, the young lady who moved out of the suite that you're about to move in. Mm-hmm. You can have it. I said, whose Bible? They were like, oh, it's the same young ladies. I was like, mm-hmm. they're like, you can have that too. I said, okay. It was just a setup. Yep, absolutely. I took the bookshelf and I took the Bible mm-hmm. and I began to read the word of God again. I love it. For a good year. Mm-hmm. And God said, it's now December. God says, okay, you know me. No one needs to come to talk to you about me. No excuses. Come back home. Yeah. I said, okay, Lord. Aww. And I remember at the age of 24, my New Year's resolution of January 1998 was to come back to the house of the Lord. I went back to my home church because I'm Assemblies of God. I mean, it was pretty amazing. And at that point, it was just like mm-hmm. all in. I knew what the world was and it had nothing for me. But literally say, God, I am all in. And literally, God did such a quick work in my life. Yeah. I'll say one thing. I remember that was January, February. I was going to the club. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I'm fresh. Yeah. I walked in. Mm. I looked around. I scanned the room. I said, okay, this is mm-hmm. not me. I don't belong here. To my friend, hey, I love you, but I'm out. Oh it's saying about, I'm not about this. I'm a new creation. I'm yeah. a new creation. Yeah. I walked back out, got in my car, and went home, mm-hmm. and never again mm-hmm. went to a club to dance. I love to dance, you know, mm-hmm. and but never again. And from that point on, I just mm-hmm. saw God's hand upon me. Like yeah. I love to be in the house of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I was there before the janitors were there, mm-hmm. waiting for the doors to yeah. open, hungry, yeah. and God just gave me so op- so much opportunity to work in His house as a lay person, mm-hmm. working with the Sunday school department working as a missionette leader, working as a youth director. I mean, I was involved in everything. Women's ministry, vice president. I mean, (laughs) I was in it. And I was a school teacher. I taught Mm -hmm. junior high school in Brooklyn, New York for three and a half years. And as I'm doing this, I'm a school teacher loving my job. And I remember the Lord meeting that woman 10 months in from that experience, going to a women's conference and saying, I need what that woman has. And God says, you're going to go get it. Two years later, this woman comes back to our church, Joan Miller. Hmm. She's a reverend. She's an ordained summons of God, um, credentialed minister. And uh, seeing her, she came to my home church. And I remember her laying hands on me and saying, you got a call, just confirming the call. Mm -hmm. And I knew. Mm -hmm. So God said, get the application now. Mm. And then it took four months to fill it out because I understood the weight yeah. of the and, and what was God was asking me to do. Yeah. The weight of it, knowing that I was going to have to leave everything I know. Mother, father, brother, sister, yep. family, land. Yep. My houses, housing, yeah. my profession yeah. to answer this call. And it was a fight. Mm. Not that I didn't, but I just knew the cost. But I thank God for the obedience yeah. in me, but the just the love of God to say, I'm with you. And that was my question, Lord. I just need to know. Tell me one more time. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. He's like, I'm with you. Just that confirmation. I needed to know. And I got on a plane and I went to New Orleans. And that's how I came to the Lord and the call that of God incredible. on my life. Well, happy 25-year anniversary. Come on, somebody. 98, 25 years. Incredible. We were having a conversation one day, and you said something about obedience. Mm. And you said, he is teaching me, and I haven't forgot it, he's teaching me immediate obedience. Can you just talk about that just for a a minute? Sure. 
immediate obedience, quick mm. obedience. Um, what he's teaching me in the practical mm -hmm. because he wants me to get it in the spiritual. Yeah. And so a simple little thing that he teaches me, if mm. I drop a piece of paper on the floor or something, pick it up quick. Mm. I'll be in the bathroom, whatever, Q-tips. Oh, I'll get it later. No, no, now. Mm -hmm. I'm washing dishes and he says, come, come, I want to spend time with you. Mm. I'm like, I, can I finish just one? What did I say? Come now. Yeah. Now, turn mm. off the water, mm -hmm. put, put the dish down mm -hmm. and come. I need to talk to you. Mm. So in these natural things, he's teaching because I need to know that I can trust you, Elizabeth, mm. that when I say in a service, when it's inconvenient and it, you may not think it's the right time, Ooh. but I want to interrupt something. Yeah. I need you to move now. Yeah. And so he's trained my ear in the practical and the natural things yeah. to quick, oh, quickly obey him. Quick obedience. He doesn't want to wait. He doesn't want you to think about it. He's like, you know my voice. Yes. Yeah. You know my voice. Mm -hmm. I have trained you. Come on, we do life together. You're with me. You love me. You're for me. In yeah. the secret place, I have trained you yeah. to know my voice. So in the service or whether you're on the street, yeah. Yeah. in the marketplace, yeah. wherever right. it is, yeah. you're in the supermarket, go talk to her now. Yeah. Quick obedience. I love it. It's, it's beautiful. Just because I think there's this, um, a lot of times we, we are not, picking out that the natural is so because i think it's even in first corinthians it says first the natural and then the, then spiritual. the spiritual yes so then like i've noticed like if you if if i start cleaning out my garage and i start giving stuff to goodwill and i'm making room yes in the natural i'm i'm realizing that also that translates over into the spiritual and i'm making room for him Kind of like, you know, Obed-Edom, like, I'm going to open up my house, you can come on in. And then later in the scripture, you see Obed-Edom as a gatekeeper mm -hmm. in yes. the house of God, which was the lowest, like when you were talking, I'm mm -hmm. always, I, I was thinking about the gatekeeper. And, oh, I love Obed. I always call him my boy Obed. Mm -hmm. But uh, but Obed-Edom, he was like the, the, he took the lowest position in the in, because he just wanted to follow the ark, he yes. he it, he had been become been changed. Ruined. It no, was no, in no, his not home. changed. He was ruined. <laughs> it was in his house for like yes. three months, right? Yes. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, now when the ark, he he follows it. Him and his family yes. and his kids become in charge of the storehouse. Yes. And I mean, you're like, oh man, yeah, that is because it does the presence of God. And so I think yes. we have a generation. I see a generation who loves the presence, but then. There's also obedience that comes with that. Yes. yes. Absolutely. So I am so excited yeah. Yeah. that you guys are going to be with us at yeah. Presence Conference yes. because you carry something mm -hmm. I want this generation to see mm -hmm. and say, I want that. Amen. I always try to bring individuals mm -hmm. in and put them in front of our young people who have something that they look at and say, I want that. Yes. I want that. Thank you guys for being willing vessels Amen. and for having something worth passing on to the next generation. Amen. Thank you for all you do. You guys are wonderful. I'm so glad you're the, in the NCN district. Woo-woo, we got Amen. you. Thank <laughs> you. Praise God. All Thank right. You. Love you guys. Love you, too. Love you too. Okay.